tell me what the three opportunities are. Three opportunities in peacemaking. I asked the same question of the early teens. They did really well this morning. I met with them. Okay, what's the first opportunity? Glorify God. God. Second? No, that's a G. That's one of the four G's. So, (laughs) glorify God. You're close. Second one is grow to be like Christ. The third one is, does anybody know? Serve others. So, number one is glorify God. Number two is grow to be like Christ, which can be painful. And number three is serving others. All right, what's the four G's? Glorify God. Get the log out. Gently restore. And what's the fourth one? Get together. Okay. For some reason, that is still not coming up. Just sure as I hit escape, it comes up. It happens every time. See, that's what it does. It's like it's not there and then it is. Oh, and it's not going to come up unless it's on. Okay. So, let's see, what else? Oh, let's see. We talked about forgiveness. Um, You want to tell me what your takeaways are, what you learned on forgiveness? We kind of had to go through it pretty fast. Any takeaway that you learned on forgiveness? Forgive yourself. All right. I'm going to, we're going to see if this is going to work here. It's the one you saw yesterday. We're just trying to do a test, but she did. Wasn't that the best seven A apology confession? She did. It was great. Okay, here we go. It's waking up. Let's open with prayer. So, Father in heaven, um, we can't do this without you, Um, and we're grateful that you're in. In, right here in the middle of it. And Father, we just pray that uh, you will bless our last day together. We're so grateful for the people who have attended. And Father, um, we just pray that the technology issues will get worked out and so that we can finish strong and well. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so on your... You have been fiercely loyal and supportive towards me. I'm Marion Jones Thompson. It's not up there, though. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me what Gospel 101 is. Vertical. Gospel 102 is horizontal. Good.
So everything that's happening here is going to be happening here, right? Okay. Um, oh, good. Okay, can we... It's way down. I need to go down to... Um, go to like 60. See, where, see what that is. Yeah. I need to go. Yeah, if you get all the way down to day five, you'll have it. I know, it takes it. Hey, Maury, do you have the orange book? The orange? I need that book. I know. Thank you. All right. We're just going to wait till all of that gets straightened out, and we're just going to move on. So yesterday, Maury shared with you that we were going to be talking about the Paul's Principle. And I love the Paul's Principle um, because I have used the Paul's Principle in various situations. Yes. Yeah. No, just to stay on the pause. Yeah. So the pause principle, you should have page 31. Let's see here. Yes. So it's kind of an overlap from yesterday. So we're doing the pause principle. Yes. When I clicked on it to expand it, it, it takes you back to the beginning. Yeah, I'm not sure why it does that. Okay, so pause means what? Prepare. Prepare. What are we preparing? Anybody have any idea what, what's being prepared? How do we prepare? Because we're either going to someone who either... Yeah, we're going to someone to have a conversation. Um... And some, a lot of times it's going to revolve around a material issue, okay? So um, the first thing is prepare. And the way we do that is by praying. Um, you're, you know, obviously wanting your heart to be prepared because you're getting ready to embark on probably a serious conversation. Um, what is the A? Affirm relationships. So uh, I have actually used this pause principle in a uh, business meeting where there was going to be a lot of conflicting opinions, uh, solutions. And so the way we started out was I let everyone affirm, what do you like about this church? What do you like about this whatever it is? So we had a certain amount, thank you, of preparation in the prayer and then in affirming one another, okay? So you're affirming relationships, you're affirming the good. So then uh, we move into understand interest. 
Okay, so there's usually an issue, and that issue can can be anything. Um, I'll just choose an issue. Um, what kind of dim are we going to build, you know, that we're going to have in addition to our church? So that can, um, you can imagine what kind of conversation that's going to lead to, okay? So we start getting everybody's interest out there. And interest usually is in, the issue is usually in the form of a question, which we'll be going to that in a minute. Um, But you want to understand everybody's interest. So let's just take the interest of we need a, a gym for our young people. What would be some interest that might come out of that? How much is it going to cost? What else? What size? Okay. Good questions. Yes. Who's going to be in charge? Time frame. What are we going to use it for? Because that's going to make a difference on what kind of floor you lay, right? So there's lot, lots of interest. All right, so you're going to be mapping all of that out. You're not evaluating any of that. You're just throwing it all out there, getting it all out there. The other one, the next one is search for solutions. Then you will search for, okay, how can we start bringing this down to be more specific, taking in everyone's interest. You know, the, the potluck people may want to use it for potluck. The young people might want to use it to play ball, okay? The school might want to use it for other purposes. So there's lots of things to take into account. You don't make any decisions until you get down to evaluate options. Then you're looking for, um, you know, how are we going to bring this down and make a decision? One of the best um, things I, I witnessed, actually it was at Maury's church, they needed to make a decision on um, some decorating issues in their church. So, and you know how crazy it can get, what color is the carpet going to be and that sort of thing. And sometimes it's just all over the place. So what they did was they had a decorator come in and give them three, three options for people to choose from, which was really helpful because it kind of narrowed it down. And so they could choose like fixtures, paint, um, color of carpet, all of that. So the decorator was able to get up and explain you know, these are the options. What they ended up doing in their voting was mixing and matching some of the options, and it worked. So, you know, just being creative and, and figuring out how you can come up with those solutions and then have a vote on those solutions. That f- the big part of this, and we, in the world of peacemaking, we call it fair process. You know, a lot of people, most people can be okay if there's a disagreement in something if they feel like there's been a fair process. And that's key. When they don't feel like the process is fair, that's when people get upset. So um, the Paul's principle really helps with the fair process part of that. Um, 
And you can use this on an individual basis. Uh, you know, if you're going to someone and you don't really have a conflict with them, but you just want to talk to them about, you know, something that maybe they're doing, and yet you don't really have an issue with it, it's a concern. So just using this process of um, walking them through, hey, look, you know, I really respect and, and enjoy your, our relationship. The, you know, these are some things that I'm seeing that you're doing maybe in Sabbath school that can we discuss those uh, and help me to understand where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. These are our interests. And then what are some solutions to that? Um, and then evaluate those options. So we wanted to give you guys, before we go into positions, issues and positions, we thought that, you know, you may go back and use every peacemaking tool that we've taught you this week. And you may just come to an end to yourself and say, well, nothing's working. So we wanted to give you an option. And hopefully it will work. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C- come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still very delighted about Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I... Um, I charge five dollars for the for the first five minutes, and and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? That sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And, and I, I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <laughs> go. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. I just I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has has, has anyone ever ever tried to to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So, what what you're saying is you're you're claustrophobic. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, if, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Okay, you're there. Stop it! I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes, 
S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. Yes. Then stop it. I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Uh, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't, I don't make change. Then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Whew, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it. <laughs> I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No, Daddy. no, no, no. No, we we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say. We definitely don't go there. Just, <laughs> just stop it. What? What? What else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it. <laughs> you you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, then stop it. Don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook! Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that? No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast? Is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Here are the ten words. Stop it, or I'll bury you alive in a box. Okay, we just had to have a little fun with you. You know, you got to have some humor. You just do. It helps. So, um, all right, issues, position, and interest. So an issue is what? When we're mediating, we're usually looking for 
what issues are coming up, and those are usually put in the form of a question, and, oh, I'm sorry, I just blocked you guys, didn't I? Can y'all see, can you see the screen? It is blocked. Okay, I don't know where I can, let me go through it, and then I'll put it back over here, how's that? Because we're going to map it out. Okay. So an issue is a problem to be solved, and it's usually a concrete question. And we're going to go through an exercise. Um, those of you that have been here all week, uh, you've seen the vacation video, so we're going to go back and utilize that to flesh this out. All right, so this is in the Peacemaker book, Chapter 11. Uh, they use the example of the neighbors with the barking dog. So the question would be, how can the Smiths stop Mo- Molly's barking? Interestingly enough, as a mediator in district criminal court, you would be surprised how many times we have barking dogs issues that come in. So (laughs) this is very familiar. I can see why they use that. So the issue is a problem to be solved, and usually it's in the form of a question. A position is each party's answer to the issue question. It's what they want to see as an outcome. And we all have a desired outcome. Um, So their example here is the Johnsons say the Smiths should get rid of the dog. The Smiths say the Johnsons should get earplugs. So (laughs) there's a disagreement, all right, or there wouldn't be a conflict. So as you may remember, I told you one of the things I learned on my journey of being um, a peacemaker is not to be attached to an outcome. That really gives you a lot of peace. Do I have a desire for a certain outcome? Do I have an opinion about that outcome? Absolutely. But is that where the, I'm going to hang the hook and say it's going to be this or, or else? No, I'll just I'll back off. Uh, doesn't mean that my opinion isn't the best opinion. I might think it is. But you have to create the space for God to show up with what is the best solution. Um, The interest is the why. Well, why are the parties holding their particular position? You're looking for what's the reason here? What's the motivation? And those are harder to sometimes find, but you can get there. You can get there. You just got to keep asking questions. And this is where you have to work really hard to seek to understand. Um, So, and once you get to interest, that's usually when you can begin to figure out the solution. So what we're going to do, your issues, positions, and interest chart, it's up to you whether or not you want to write on those. If you want to keep those that you can use later, uh, you can copy those and use them for you know, think, dealing with things with your kids. This morning when I was working with the early teens, uh, I taught them how to negotiate with the parents. And um, so what I was, because they're going through the peacemaker also, so I said, you know, you've got to look to the interest of your parents. And so they were pretty hilarious on that. Um, I had them playing the role of the parents, so they had to figure out what's the parents' interest here. Um, So that's what we're working on today. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the vacation video. You're going to see the argument. And I want you guys to be figuring out what's the question to be answered. 
What are the positions and what are the interests? Hey there. Hey. So I'm trying to decide what to do for vacation this year. Oh yeah? Yeah. What do you uh what do you think we should do? Good question. Um you know, I was thinking this summer it would be a good idea if we went to visit my parents. We haven't seen them in a while. No, I, the problem is that's not a break for me. Yeah, your parents are hard work, especially your mom. I want to relax. I want to go to the beach. I mean, seriously, if we don't go see them, they can't come see us. They can't travel. It'll be another year before the kids see them. I get two weeks off for vacation. That's it. I'm aware. I want to use it to relax. That's it. I, I want to take it easy. Work's been hard this year. I want to go to the beach. What's the problem? Yeah, but we went to the beach last year because yeah. of the same reason. Yeah, and we got to relax. We got to take it easy. That's what I'm talking about. <sighs> That's not what I meant. And you know that. Yes, the beach was fun. We all had a great time, but my father is not going to be around forever. And I don't want to feel like I missed this opportunity to spend time with him. I don't know why we always have to go through this. I wish you could just... Think about what I need, or what the kids need, and it wasn't just always about you. Really? Really. So I'm selfish. I'm working 60 hours a week, okay, to pay for all these vacations, all this stuff that we do, so you can make all the decisions? Really? Is that how it's going to work? I'm just some big ATM. I'm going to throw money all over the place so you can make all the decisions. Yeah, go ahead and call me selfish. That makes a lot of sense. I'm selfish. I cannot take this anymore like taking care of the house and the kids like that's not a real job you know and i work part-time i pull my share if it's that important to you to have a break you should take one go to the beach call your golf buddies do whatever you want and i'll take the kids I'll, no see my no dad. i want to take a family vacation family vacation i want to see my kids i want to spend time with my kids well, care about this family as much as you care about your parents that's what you need to be doing we're right here us that is so unfair this is ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous you know what You're right. you do whatever you want I'm going to bed. You do that. I'm going to watch a movie. Please do not do that. Good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Why does it always have to be this hard? Whatever. Okay. So, what's the question? What's the issue? Where to go on vacation? Okay. Good. All right. What are the positions? Okay. Parents' house. And beach. All right. Where to go on vacation, parents' house, or beach? So, what's his interest? 
relax. No in-laws. Whoops. Okay, now some of this I, I should have mentioned. Some of this can fall under common interest. Do you think they both were interested in spending time with the kids? So we could, we could actually put that here for family. Okay, what, el- what else was his interest? Okay, we got relax, no in-laws, kids. Okay, yeah, no in-laws. Anything else? Yeah, he has two weeks. Okay. What's her interest? She has a father who's ill. Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, uh, kids to spend time with grandfather. And they, they did a vacation last year where they went to the beach, so she wants something different. Okay, different this year, different vacation. Okay, any other interests that she has? Relax. So we could put relax here in the middle for both of them. All right, anything else? Yes. No, we're not, solu- we're not finding solutions yet. So, um, yes. Oh, good. Yeah, so what does, re- so that could bring up another question. Um, so I'll put relax, question mark. And they wouldn't probably need to talk about that. All right? Anything else that we need to put up here? Yeah, wanted them to get acquainted with the grandparents. Okay. So, um, father, or grandfather, farm, and that whole experience. Okay. So. So for him, visit to the in-laws means probably some stress. Yes, more work. Yeah, the mother-in-law brought about stress, yes. Okay, anything else? Yes, that he had some kind of illness. Yes, yeah, it, it brings about stress for him. Correct. Okay, one more. Oh, her pa- good. You, I'm glad you picked up on that. 
Uh, so parents can't travel. Right. Okay, now, some of you saw the outcome of this argument. So I don't want y'all to answer. Okay? Those are your, in the peacemaking world, we call those secret facts. So you have the secret facts. All right, so y'all can't answer. We're going to let everybody else struggle a little bit. Okay? (laughs) So we have our position. We have our question, position, and interest. All right, so taking all of that into account, we're going to look at some solutions. So those of you who didn't see the end of the video, tell me what some solutions would be. Now, you're not voting on the solutions. You're coming up with solutions. Yes. So do the regular family two-week at the beach. Mom goes later. Yeah. Okay. So I want to take you back for a second to the pause principle. When you are creating your list of solutions, you're not evaluating them. That's, that's where we all tend to go, and I see this over and over, is when people start brainstorming solutions, we want to start evaluating them. Don't evaluate, no matter how tempting it is. Okay, one week to the beach. Okay, one week with the fam. Okay. All right. One, two. Okay, give me another solution. Oh, okay. Maybe they could um, provide transportation. Provide transportation of parent, grandparents to beach or maybe to their home at some point. Okay, anything else we want to add? <laughs> We're not evaluating yet, <laughs> but I knew somebody was going to say that. <laughs> Any other solution? Asking kids. I mean, I have teenagers. They're very verbal. Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, you know. All right. So we have a couple of solutions here. Family can go to the two-week beach trip. Mom goes later to grandparents with the kids. Um, second solution, one week at the beach, one week with the family, The next one is provide transportation of the grandparents to the beach or to their home. And four, ask the kid's opinion. All right, so this is the point where you're going to start evaluating for your family 
what is going to be the best solution for you guys? So, um, for those of you who watched the outcome, share what their solution was. Good question. Who watched the ending video, the last video? Tell us, tell me what the outcome was. Well, hang on, hang on, wait a minute. We've got to make sure everybody hears. They decided to do a week at the beach and then a week at families. But was, he, was dad going to spend the whole week with the family? No, he was not going to spend the whole week with the family. He was going to send them to, um, he sent his wife and kids to their parents' house, and then he came later. later. Yeah, he came and just stayed for a couple of days. So, and all God's children were happy. <laughs> so, but do you see how that works where you're taking into account everybody's interest? Um, and, you know. What would you do if the husband was full headed and said, no, it's either two weeks, it locks, it locks down, doesn't it? Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> said that somebody said get a lawyer (laughs) so and you know what there's some situations that could go either way the the woman could be locked in he could be locked in um and that would be something they would have to figure out how that's going to work yes exactly but there are some situations and some people who do get locked into that. And, and if it's in a marriage, um, I would probably be going to see a counselor and getting some marriage help. That's probably what I would be doing. Because, um, you know, there's got to be some balance there. And is, if, if one of them is locked into their position, are they ultimately going to enjoy whatever decision that's made? He did. He came up with a solution. And in a, in a peacemaking environment where you're really looking out for each other's interest, that is the way it's supposed to work. Because God's word says you don't look just to your own interest. You look to one another's interest. You're taking all of those interests because every decision that's made is going to impact someone. And you want a happy family. But are there personality? I'm just going to throw this out there. Are there personalities, um, narcissistic personality disorder, um, you know, all of those personality disorders that's going to be more difficult to work with? Yes. Yes. When love is the foundation, we're going to hear each other. Yes. Okay, it could be, the solution could be different for each couple. 
Absolutely. This is not a, yes, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not just yeah, but the point in this is how you work through it and what you come up with. All right, Maury. All right, can you hear me? Sorry, I should have already had my mic on. Sorry for the delay. And where's the... I don't know, you'll just have to hit it when you're... Oh, just go ahead. Okay, all right. So this is our last section. And kind of our theme today was living the word based on two important scriptures. Susan just walked us through a process of Philippians 2. Look not only to your own interests, but also look at the interests of others. And for this last segment, we're going to be looking at Romans 12, 21. This is on page 40 of your participant guide. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So let's say that you came to this seminar for one of the reasons you shared with us on the first day, and you go home and you apply everything with a uh, honest, open, hard, a careful, humble manner, but it didn't change it didn't fix it. Now what? So that's what this last section is about. Let's look at a, uh, a sister verse in Romans 12. This time is verse 18. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So God knows it takes two takes two to tango, takes two to have a conflict, and it takes two to make peace, and God understands that. Philippians 4.13 says this, Strive or be diligent or make every effort to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That word strive 
It's what they, um, a Greek word that they told the gladiators. Strive, make every effort to stay alive today. So we're talking about not just, well, I tried, but a real honest effort. And repeated. And a repeated effort. So your success is not based on the outcome. Your success is based on faithfulness, obedience, and perseverance. So we don't give in to the temptation to just throw up our hands, but a temptation that often happens is to take matters into our own hands. And uh, we can, because our hearts are so deceitful, uh, you know how we have good desires that become demands. We can even have the good desire for reconciliation become a demand. And we can start demanding a positive outcome. And that is not going to glorify God because you cannot solve a problem with sin. So 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that we live in the world. We don't wage war as the world does. We fight with weapons that are not weapons of the world. So no worldly weapons. No demanding and judging and punishing. So let's take a look at what it looks like to be successful even if the outcome isn't what you hoped. First of all, obvious, pray. Pray and pray. Um, And Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Now, not every conflict do you consider the other person an enemy or persecutor. But if it's true in that case, how much more so in every other case? So who gives the gift of repentance? God. Who convicts the heart? What is God's job when it comes to hearts? Change a heart. What is your job when it comes to hearts? Give it to God. Wait to honor God by continuing to obey him regardless if the other person is obeying God or not. So start with prayer. Stay with prayer. Number two, guard your heart. That face, guard your heart, comes from Proverbs above all else. Guard your heart, for from it come the wellsprings of life. From your heart flow everything else. If you allow resentment, I promise you, that resentment will flow out into every other relationship you had, including it will uh, poison your relationship with God. We think we're so powerful that we can just take our resentment and it's just toward you. But it doesn't work that way. Hebrews 12, 15 says this. See to it that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. How many get defiled if you have bitterness? Many. Many. Who are those many? Family. Family. Church members, neighbors, people at work, anybody you're in contact get defiled by your bitterness. 
The participant guide also highlights another verse from Romans 12. We're staying in Romans 12 quite a bit. Bless those who persecute you and, and curse not. Uh, when we were talking about forgiveness, remember that for, we had the four promises of forgiveness? And Susan said, you can't make all the promises of forgiveness if the other person isn't willing to be a part of the process. But you can make that first promise that I'm not going to dwell on that, that you have a heart attitude of forgiveness toward them, whether or not they engage in a reconciliation process. And doing that leaves the door open for when God, perhaps, they become softened to the Holy Spirit. Stay close to godly counsel, Proverbs 13. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And another proverb that I like is, in abundance of counselors, there's wisdom. Um, the culture that we live in is anti-Christ culture when it comes to resolving conflict. It is absolutely against it, and it is so prevalent, it's almost like we can breathe that in. So you need people around you that know God's word. Um, my friend Judy here, a lot of you, she probably, I'll embarrass her, but she's like a walking concordance. And <laughs> if, if, I, if I need godly counsel, I can call Judy, and I guarantee you, you will not, even in a text, you will not get a you you will not have an encounter with Judy without her saying a relevant scripture that comes to mind is she knows scripture those are the kind of friends you need people that know God's word that will share God's word and give you encouragement and prayer she's also committed to prayer when i need prayer we all run to Judy. We all text Judy. <laughs> Judy, pray. All right. Um, <laughs> well, we've also studied boundaries, so I could not, I could not do that without her permission, you understand. <laughs> She's in purple, though. You could. Um, all right. Uh, keep on doing what's right, number four. Romans 12, again, don't repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Think about David and Saul. How did Saul treat David and how did David treat Saul? Two times, once in, in, uh, in Getty and then another time, that David had an opportunity. He could have killed him and his companions encouraged him. And said it was from God. Look, God put him right here. Do it. You know, take action. And he said, no, I will not lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. And that didn't go on for weeks and months. That went on for years. So that has been put in the scripture as an encouragement to us to keep on doing the right thing. Yeah. So what I wanted to, sh to add to that is a lot of the Psalms that David wrote, 
the reason that he wrote a lot of those is probably when he was running from Saul and having to... So he wasn't, um, he wasn't dismissing his frustrations. They were coming out in the Psalms that we have today. So he was real and he was authentic. You know, this was the impact of Saul's behavior on him. So it's okay to have your accountability friend or whoever. Um, I've got a, a best friend that I go to and I can tell her, I'm feeling jealous right now. Or, you know, I just did this thing and I'm feeling terrible, you know, or I had this thought. So it's okay to share, but, you know, also you have to be wise in that sharing. All right, and number five, deliberate, the ultimate weapon, if I can get this back on here, is deliberate, it's not quite right, is it? Is it okay? Deliberate, focused love. Again, Romans 12, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I've heard different explanations about the burning coals thing, but probably the one that makes the most sense is that is something they did. You know, they had those walled cities, and they would dump burning coals, and that was something that nobody could resist that kind of attack for very long. So I think what Scripture is telling us that love is the ultimate weapon. If we keep on loving, it has a power that people will find hard to resist. I'm going to read you just a little story. This is the Resolving Everyday Conflict book. This is the book that goes with the uh, participant guide that you've had. We do have some in the back that you can purchase afterwards if you'd like. I'm going to read this little story, and then we'll talk about it for just a minute. One day, during my morning run, I noticed a blind woman walking on the opposite side of the street with her seeing eye dog, a beautiful golden retriever. As I was about to pass them, I noticed a car blocking a driveway a few paces ahead of them. At that moment, the dog paused and gently pressed his shoulder against the woman's leg signaling her to turn aside so they could get around the car. I'm sure she normally followed his lead, but that day, for some reason, she didn't seem to trust him. She had probably walked this route many times before and knew this was not the normal place to take a turn. For whatever the cause, she would not move to the side and instead gave him the signal to move ahead. Again, he pressed his shoulder into her leg, trying to guide her on a safe path. She angrily ordered him to go forward, and when he declined, her temper flared, and I was surprised to see her suddenly kick him and order him ahead once more. I was about to speak up when I sensed God wanted me to be silent and learn a lesson. Knowing he was likely to receive further abuse, the dog once more put his shoulder against her leg, and sure enough, she kicked him again, this time so hard that he yelped, and then she impulsively stepped forward and bumped squarely into the car. Reaching, (laughs) 
reaching out to feel the shape in front of her, she immediately realized what had happened. Oh no, I'm a dog lover. I get emotional every time I read this. Sorry, dropping to her knees, she threw her arms around her dog and spoke sobbing words into his ear. I couldn't hear what she said, but my guess is she was admitting how very wrong she was. Begging his forgiveness and praising him for his faithfulness, even when she treated him so badly. Now, I think that has two things that we want to talk about. One, keep on doing the right thing can overcome a lot. But number two, that is not saying abuse is okay. That is not saying that if you're being abused, that you continue being abused. All right? There is a a phrase that can be helpful that they often use in uh, 12-step recovery areas, and it's called detach with love. There's a way that you can step out of the line of fire and still have God's love in your heart for the person. So how can I keep on loving, praying for, caring for someone who continues to alienate me? I can't. I can't. But Jesus can. And if through the Holy Spirit, Jesus in me loves them, then through me that spirit can continue to love. And it's because of the cross. We started out this week saying it was because the gospel, the gospel changes things. It's because of that that we can keep on loving. We're going to switch. Do you want the video? Or are you going to do next steps? Let's do the video. We'll, we'll go to that. Yeah. That's always dangerous. <laughs> So we showed you this once at the beginning. We're going to show it again, okay? The conflicts that rage all around us can't be solved by the cross. And I do not believe I will find peace in my own life. My problems are too big for Jesus. I refuse to believe that churches can be reconciled and come to live in peace. But it's because of God we fight and quarrel. It's happening all around the world. It's what happened in Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's what happened in my church. Can people who hate each other ever come to be reconciled? The gospel doesn't change things. Only a fool believes the reckless promise of God that there's real hope in this broken world. This is what I believe. This is what I believe, that there's real hope in this broken world, the reckless promise of God. Only a fool believes the gospel doesn't change things. Can people who hate each other ever come to be reconciled? Yes, that's what happened in my church. It's what happened in Northern Ireland. It's happening all around the world. We fight and quarrel, but it's because of God Churches can be reconciled and come to live in peace. 
I refuse to believe that my problems are too big for Jesus. I will find peace in my own life, and I do not believe the conflicts that rage all around us can't be solved by the cross. Only a fool believes that the gospel doesn't change things. I refuse to believe that my problems are too big for Jesus. How about you? I will find peace in my own life, and I do not believe that the conflicts that we all have cannot be solved by the cross. So we hope that during this week that maybe your perspective on conflict has been changed. We'd like to hear some of that. We know it's Friday. We know some of you may need to leave. We're going to just briefly talk about a few resources. I'm just going to do that really quick, and then we'll get their perspectives, all right, in case some of them need to leave. I apologize because the handout on resources got handed out the day you got your boundaries materials, all right? But... These books up on the screen are books that were written by Ken Sandy, Resolving Everyday Conflict. That's what we've done this week. The Peacemaker is bigger. It's jam-packed full of scripture. It goes into things a lot more deeply. So if you really uh, are passionate about this, um, get The Peacemaker and read it. It's just really good. The Peacemaker also comes in a student edition written for high school kids. Courtney is actually using that material with the early teens this week. Peacemaking for Families um, has stories in it about specific different family relationships. And the Young Peacemaker is a set of 12 comic books, ages probably grades 3 to 6. And there's fun activities, stories, teaching basic peacemaking concepts to younger kids. And that is a great resource. When you get the uh, leader's guide, you get um, like an electronic thing with the permission to reproduce as many of these as you want. And it's not expensive. Um, So those are some resources, some other resources. The participant guide you have needs updating because there's been some changes in Peacemaker Ministries. Um, So peacemaker.training is the new current address. ICC Institute for Christian Conciliation does training. Some of you have asked about training. Their training is not inexpensive, but it's excellent. And that's the kind of training Susan and I have taken. Ambassadors of Reconciliation is kind of um, the Lutheran uh, branch of peacemaking, but they now also provide training in conflict coaching and mediation. Um, And Relational Wisdom, Ken Sandy, who wrote all those books, now has a new training class. You can take the training online, and he calls it getting upstream from conflict, trying to educate ourselves healthy relationships so we don't actually have so many conflicts to solve. And that's another resource for you. All right. 
Um, and if you have any questions, I'll be at the back at the end, and I'll try to answer any other questions about resources. But right now, 